0: Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, it's Rob here, and in this episode, I'm going to help you direct your attention or your focus as you're running so that you can have a better experience of your run itself and hopefully improve some area of your running, whether it's your enjoyment of it uh, or your time or your speed. Or your overall goal in running. Let's dive into it. I've got a lot of research to get through today again, but I'm going to bring it into practical tips for you to take away. And Really what I'm hoping is that you just take something away from this and take it into your next run and try it on. And if it works, keep doing it. If not, chuck it out and try something else. Let's get into it. So we're going to go into sports psych research here. And really we're looking at um, attentional focus, which is basically As you're running, and if you just kind of picture yourself running with me now, where are you putting your attention? Is it on your running form? Is it on your running buddy and the conversation you're having? Is it on the birds in the trees? Is it on the ocean? Is it on the mountains? Or is it on your breath? Or is it on the pain and how hard it is? Are you solving problems in your life? Are you thinking about somebody who's important to you? Are you thinking you should be somewhere else? Are you guilty because you want to be home with the kids and you're running instead? And think about all of these things. And If you're like me, you've probably had a combination of all of these things. As you're running. But what I'm going to try and help you do today is understand where you put your attention as you run and give you a few options of how to direct it to have a better experience when you're training or when you compete. So to start here, we're going to go back to um, some early research uh, done, when they call it seminal work in this kind of attention, which really was uh, two professors called Mollen, <laughs> Morgan and Pollock from the 1970s. and really basically they did a study which found of marathon runners, and they found that the elite marathon runners were using a technique called association which is really where you are internally focused. You're thinking about things like your, um, your breathing, your pace, your perception of effort, how much it's hurting inside your body. And the novice marathon runners were dis- using dissociation. So dissociation is stuff outside your mind and your body. So the environment, the crowd, um, who you're running with, the street sign, Um, thinking about how much further you've got to go and such and such like that. So this was kind of seminal way back in the day because this is really the groundbreaking research into that psychobiological model where um, sports psychologists were actually trying to find out if the mind had anything to do with performance. Now, so those two things, again, were association, being inside your mind or inside your body, as in putting your focus either on your thoughts or on the feelings in your body, or dissociation, so putting your awareness and your attention outside your body. Maybe it's mindfulness, maybe it's on the air or on the sun or on the clouds, birds, you get the picture. So as this progressed through the research and the study, um, psychologists said, well, these are too broad. We we need some more kind of um, concrete strategies rather than just internal and external. So, a couple more scientists. Um, actually, let's just take a break there and say there's been so much research, and I went through it all. And what I've, I'm, I don't want to leave anything important out, but I just want to say if you want to go down a big rabbit hole, you can go down this kind of um, attention and focus research. But what I've done today is really bring the three major changes in this work to you so that you can take it away and use it in your running. So, that's my little caveat. Um, so, the, the next kind of break. Was, was made by Stevenson and Biddle in, in the 90s. So they took work that was um, done by Robert Nadefa. Now, this is a model that's old. Yes, it's old. It's back in the 70s, but it's really practical and it's really useful. And that's really what I'm um, wanting out of this for you today. So it's called attentional style theory. And basically, we're going to build a quadrant. So if you think about um, two intersecting lines with four quadrants um, around it, and... What Nadefa what did, he, he, he split attention into two ways. So width, as in either narrow or broad, and direction, which is either internal or external. So if we put width and direction in those four quadrants, we end up with the four things which are external narrow, external broad, internal narrow, and internal broad. Now, in a really good book called *The Brave Athlete*, um, the authors break this down and they call them your kind of your, your TV channels, if you like. So you've got these four channels available to you. Once again, external narrow, external broad, internal narrow, and internal broad. You can only choose one channel at a time. Now, let me give you examples of of what they actually are. So, if you're going to go to a um, an external narrow, you're thinking about Things like if you're in the triathlon, you're sticking on the wheel in front of you, or if you're running, you're looking at the competitor in front of you, or you're looking at the next um, turn coming up. That's a narrow focus externally to you, right? Just stay with me. I'll give you the examples. I'll become clear. If you're thinking a broad external focus of attention, you're you're looking maybe at the mountains or at the bush, or you're looking... um, what's coming up ahead on the course, or you're looking ahead at the clouds or something that's, you're not actually pinpointing one thing, you're taking on a broad perspective or a panorama. If you go to a narrow internal focus, you might focus on your breath, or you might focus on tension in your body, or, or um, like a, a bit of pain, like maybe your right calf is a little bit tight, or you're thinking about, or you're focusing on things that are internal to your body. And a broad internal is basically about, for example, would be knowing your race strategy and plan and knowing how you're going to execute that. So that's an internal uh, focus, but it's broad. It's not focusing on one thing. It's more of a race plan or a race strategy. I'm going to do this in this first hour and this in the second hour. So what I want you to think about now is where would your natural um, channel, if you like, be? So... me, for example, when I went through all these um, research papers, I realized that my natural channel is external narrow. So that means as I'm running, I might be looking at a landscape and I'll focus just naturally on one thing like a tree or a rock or a bird or, or something coming up ahead. Whereas if you had an external broad focus, you would be looking at the whole landscape, be able to take it all in. Uh, so my channel is that my my preferred channel, my natural channel, is external narrow. Um, I just want to f- help you think about what your natural one might be, because as always, when we're doing this work, we want to find what works for you naturally and just keep doing that and improve that. It's so much easier than trying to take on a new strategy and build that into a new habit into your um, running. So if you if you if you're running along. Um, and you are running and you're thinking about what's happening in your body and you're focusing on things like, oh gee, my right arm's sore or oh gee, I feel like a bit um, bit of pain in my, uh, again, my left Achilles, then that's an internal narrow focus, right? Or if you're in your head and you're thinking many, many different thoughts about the run and how far it is and um, what I'm going to do afterwards and everything, that's an internal broad. So again, just have a, have a think about what you actually might go to normal as as a normal or a natural thing. If you're having a bit of trouble, I'll give you just one more little pointer here. Um, you can think about yourself as a as your personality type as well, which might help you uh, find out what your natural one is. For example, if you think of yourself as someone who is kind of action oriented and and just kind of makes things happen, and, well, then you're probably focused on a, a narrow external so mine external narrow is as similar as mine if you tend to think of yourself as someone who knows what's going on generally then that's a broad external focus if you're someone who likes solving problems then that's a narrow internal focus and if you're someone who likes to analyze things and make plans then that could be a broad internal focus so i'm hoping that you're kind of getting an idea of maybe what your one or two Preferred one might be now. Why is this important? Because when you're running, the one that you, the channel that you always go to, uh, that is your natural one. Normally, it's going to be working for you. But if it's causing you to have a bad experience or to not reach your potential as a runner, it can also bring you unstuck. So, I want to give you these four channels so that you can train yourself to switch channels and try something else on. That might work better than what you're currently using. Just in case it, it makes you better. So, for instance, if you're um got an internal narrow focus and you're thinking about how much it hurts in your, say your quads. Say you've been doing you know a lot of downhill running or uphill running, and your quads are screaming at you to stop, and you're focusing on the quads. You've got an internal narrow focus on those quads, and basically your brain's trying to get you to stop right if we can help you to switch channels and go to an external broad focus you can take the focus off the sore quads and put them on the birds or the trees or the beautiful surrounds that you're in go to or a mindfulness practice feeling the air on your skin thinking about the things you can hear and see and feel now that's going to take the focus off the quads and as we're going to learn in a subsequent podcast, where focus goes, your energy flows. So if you're putting your energy into your sore quads, it's going to multiply that and convince you that um, this is your experience. But if you can switch channels and go to an external and, and think of even if you might um, use a, you know, singing or um, counting or counting your footsteps or some self-talk, then you can start to control your experience of the run rather than being a victim of your, of your preferred channel. So I hope that's a good example of where we're kind of going with this. We need to go to the next study to really understand that because um, this Stevenson and Biddle, who basically did a meta-analysis of all these studies, said, well, that's great to have all these different models, but what they found was that 63%, I don't know how they come up with that number, of of the participants' thoughts didn't fall into the associative and the dissociative um, patterns. And that's what led to that, that, that one that we just talked about, the broad internal, broad external, narrow internal, narrow external. Recently, however, an associate professor from Ulster University in, the, in Northern Ireland, uh, Dr. Noel Brick, um, has done his own research over the years and come up with five categories which I think you might find even more practical. So stay with me through the theory and then we're going to move on so you can take something away afterwards. So his five categories, he split like associative thinking, so again, inside my thoughts or in, focusing inside my body, and dissociation, focusing outside my thoughts and my body, into five categories. So the first three are a split up of association. So number one is active self-regulation. So this is when you, as it says, you're regulating yourself actively. So you're, you're, you're using a cue to switch on your own Regulation. So you you might say I'm going to stay relaxed. I'm going to focus on my pace. I am going to use a predetermined self-talk plan. You're going to focus on your race strategy or your count. Say counting steps or mindfulness or staying in the present moment. Right. So that's the first one. Again, that was called uh, active self-regulation. Number two, we're still associative. It is internal sensory uh, monitoring. So that's when you're. As, he, as it says, monitoring what's going on internally, monitoring your breathing, your body sensations, your perceived level of effort. And what Dr. Brick found in his research is that the best athletes are using these internal uh, sensory monitoring to as feedback. So they're saying, how am I breathing? Oh, I'm breathing too fast. I better slow down. Or hang on, I'm breathing pretty well. Maybe I could actually um, go faster. I can increase my pace. So the best athletes are using this internal sensory monitoring as feedback mechanisms to decide how they're going to proceed. Right, Pretty fascinating, I reckon. Uh, And the third one in in, um, associative is outward monitoring. So they're using other competitors to gauge their own um, uh, level of effort. They're using their GPS watch, so speed, heart rate, all that kind of stuff, and they're using... Upcoming things like a climb coming up ahead to determine their their pacing strategy. So, the last two are the dissociative uh, split up factors. So the first one is active distraction. So, in this this is a fascinating category where you're deliberately distracting yourself um, from whatever like pain or whatever negative spiral you could fall into. For example, you might be focusing on what's going on around you, looking at Nature. He mentioned in the study that some of his athletes use mental puzzles. Um, like one of them, he he gave them a technique to imagine they're running along and building a house in their mind. So you're running along, you're in a five k, and you're hurting like hell. And Dr. Brick gave his um strategy, his um participants a strategy to imagine you're building a house in your mi- mind. So dig out the you know, the block and then dig out their footings, pour your footings with concrete and then you're building your house frame. Meanwhile, you're still obviously panning the pavement in your 5K, but in your head, you're building this house. You're putting up the walls, you're putting on the roof, you're doing the landscaping, you're putting in the plumbing, electrical, choosing light fittings. Now, this is a way that he actively got his participants to dissociate from the internal pain. The last one was called involuntary distraction. Now, this is basically when you use the external environment to take you out of your, your pain or your um your, your internal focus. So it could be, here's an example of a, an animal runs across the path, or you see a bird, or you come up through the bush and you see this beautiful view. Um, so you, your attention's kind of getting captured by what's going on around you. I'm just gonna do a quick recap of those because I did go through them quite quickly. And when I do the recap, just think about one that you would like to try in your next run. So the five categories again, active self-regulation. So that was when you're staying relaxed, using self-talk that you've already determined. You're not waiting for self-talk to automatically bubble up from the unconscious in your run. You've decided, in this run, I'm going to tell myself, you go, legend, you're running like a champion. Um, Or you might use a counting strategy, so counting steps, a mantra you might have, or staying in the present moment and being mindful. Second one, internal sensory monitoring. So again, that was monitoring your breathing, your body sensations, any tension, your perceived level of effort and using that um, as feedback. The third one was outward monitoring. How am I going compared to um, my pace, my um, competition who's in front of me? Um, Look, at here comes a big climb heading up. Am I going to increase my pace to get a little bit of momentum or am I going to decrease it and, and drop my heart rate? The fourth one was active distraction, so you're deliberately distracting yourself by using again f- uh, focusing what's going on around you, the trees, the nature, the the um, using mental puzzles, or again you could choose Doctor <laughs> Doctor Brick's strategy of building the house in your mind. And the last one was involuntary distraction. So as you're running along, you're waiting for a cue to happen, like a car pulls out or a um, a person runs past you when you say good day or um, you know, you, you, you're running in Kiama and you see the, a whale jump out of the water, which very likely to happen now, which is amazing. And then you're using those to distract you from uh, going internal and focusing on the pain. All right, so I'm hoping that you're going okay here with these strategies. Um, so just to summarize and to, to go um, to the practical stage, what I really want you to do is to choose... Um, how are you going to take one of these things into your next run? So we'll go with the broad topics as an overview. Association, which is internal focus in your body or in your brain. Dissociation, external focus on something that's happening outside your mind and your body. Are you going to use one of those four quadrants from uh, Robert Niffler's studies, which is again, so external, narrow, so focusing on some specific thing in the distance, or external broad, taking in the whole panoramic landscape around you, or internal narrow, focusing on breath, right calf, or right shoulder, or internal broad, thinking about how you want to approach this run that you're doing, what pace you're going to run, um, what heart rate you're going to stay to. So remember, they're the four channels that we talked about. Remember, you can only have one channel at a time. So maybe pick one that you don't currently use and try it on in your next run. Or the next one, we just went through those five uh, different categories from uh, Dr. Noel Brick from Ulster University and pick, so maybe, for example, you might try and take a a self-talk, which we do a lot of in this work, and pick something you're going to say to yourself and decide when you're going to use it. And your cue might be, starts to hurt or you start to double breathe or you start to really puff. And as soon as it happens, you're like, I'm going to use this self-talk. I'm going to use this mantra that I'm so much better than I was last week or I'm building towards my next race or you know what, I'm awesome because I'm out and having a crack or um, something like that. Or you might choose that um, active distraction. And so, So every time you start to feel sorry for yourself or start to hurt, you look up, you look around you, and you pick something to focus on um, and take that that focus off yourself to the external environment. All right. So that comes to the end. I hope you got something out of that. As I said, there's so much more research out there, and there's so much more you can go down this rabbit hole. But what I'm really interested in is taking you taking something practical away to improve your experience of running. So thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something useful and practical out of this episode. If you have a question around the mindset of runners or athletes in general, please email me, athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anyone you know who could benefit from the information I share in these podcasts, please share it with them. See you next time.